got it this time. I promise. Got it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm your host, Jarrell, and I'm joined by two Latino guests today. Got it. Brandon and Joey. First of all, do you guys want to tell people like where you're from and how you're represented? Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. So, yeah, I'm definitely of uh, Puerto Rican descent. My parents, my dad in particular, he was pretty much born and raised in Puerto Rico up until, like, he went to elementary school. And then afterwards, he and his parents moved to New York, grew up there. My mother was more or less the same. They both pretty much lived in New York. But pretty much my entire family, like, where we're, we originated from Puerto Rico. And I've been to the island many times in my life. But, uh, yeah, I grew up in New York myself and moved to Florida around the age of 10. And, yeah, I definitely go, go through a lot of uh, a lot of Puerto Rican influence in my life because, you know, it's my entire family, pretty much. There's, ha- I, I, I would say a quarter of my family still lives there. The Most of them have kind of moved to the States, but there's still a quarter that still live in the island. So I'm very excited to talk to you specifically about, you know, Spider-Man Miles Morales, because I saw that oh, you were tweeting out. Yes, and, I know, have a lot to say when we get there. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited about that. And Joey? Hello, everyone. My name is Joey. I'm from Colombia, specifically the southwestern region of Colombia. I come from a community called Pihau. Uh, I am indigenous to Colombia, at least from my maternal side. My dad is Guatemalan. Um, I grew up in Colombia and then I moved to the States when I was like 10 years old. Uh, and yeah, uh, I talk a lot about like the Andean identity of South America, what it means to be Andean, the the philosophy. And when I moved here, you know, a category Latino was used on me. And I kind of like adopted this term Latino because I am from Latin America and I'm fine with being called that. So, uh, but yeah, uh, cultures and my cultural heritage is a big aspect of my life. I put it first before a lot of my other identities. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to be here. There's more than Spanish spoken in Latin America for y'all that don't know. There's a lot of indigenous languages. Um, I, I suggest people look it up. You know, Latin America is not just Spanish speakers. <laughs> yes. Uh, first of all, thank you for that introduction. And if you guys haven't seen recently uh joey's latest article well not his latest article because his latest one is a review for spirit fair which you should also check out uh but he has one on indigenous people and animal crossing over at hp critical which you should 100 percent check out if you haven't seen it's really awesome it's been blowing up so thank you for that contribution anyway so we're here today to talk all about the playstation 5 presentation that happened yesterday was it yesterday yep yesterday as of this recording and as you guys know during that Oh, this is so cool. So I am going to be talking about the PlayStation 5 presentation, which I just mentioned. And all of my information is going to be coming from an IGN article uh, titled PS5 Event, Everything Announced and Revealed, because they had this wonderful compilation of everything that was announced and revealed. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the reason I said that was really cool is because it was written by Felicia Miranda, who is a very good friend of mine and Brandon's. Oh, um, Awesome. And later on this month, actually, she will be on one of our podcasts. So please look out for that as a Latinx person herself. Uh, I'm going to attempt to interview some uh, Latino people for Latin uh, Latin Heritage Month. And she's definitely going to be one of, one of the people there. So this is really cool. I'm reading off her article and hopefully you guys will be able to hear her later this month. Anyway, <clears throat> so... PS5 presentation. We finally got the price. We already knew the designs. We finally got a release date. But to go down the line of everything that happened, it be, it started 
with the reveal of Final Fantasy 16. So this was a little bit of a... Uh, not really a surprise because it was spoiled a little bit. There were a lot of speculation that it was going to come out. And uh, I was still surprised, actually. But we did begin with Final Fantasy sixteen. I want to know what you guys thought about it before I talk about how I felt. <laughs> okay, so Final Fantasy sixteen. So, um, I mean, I heard the rumors, but and people were pretty much calling it like the worst kept secret. I don't know. Like, obviously, like it wasn't like completely out of nowhere, this announcement. But I feel like it was kind of obscured. I don't know. It just it wasn't like full on blown leak like some games like maybe an Ubisoft Assassin's Creed or something like that. Either way, it came out. I was pleasantly surprised. I had to second guess because it looked Square Enix style, but it was also very different. Then of course all the chocobos and it was a wrap. But yeah, I was watching the the gameplay. You know, I'm I'm intrigued. I want to see more of it. It's interesting that the producer between behind 14 is working on this one. That's very interesting. The style kind of looks like that it's interesting that for 16 that you know after years of doing uh, i guess semi-modern final fantasy games that they're going to one that's very very much high fantasy that's a that's a definitely a that's definitely a change or not really a change but something we haven't really seen a while again, again excluding 14 um so i'm interested to see where it goes action rpg being uh i think people who are working on who worked on dmc5 and dragon's dogma working on this so that's a high pedigree of action play right there very interesting seeing how it turns out. Joey, did you want to say anything about that before I go? Um, I like the new art style. Uh, I'm not really a fan of Final Fantasy. Or let me not say not a fan, but I just I don't know Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I never tried a game or anything like that. But uh, Final Fantasy, I love anything medieval, to be honest. And that's what it's giving me. So, yeah, no, I, I think you, you hit it right in the head. I think a lot of people are very excited to see the Final Fantasy series go back to its medieval roots as opposed to, you know, Final Fantasy 15, which was high fantasy. Um, I'm sorry, high tech fantasy. It was very much futuristic, uh, uh, you know, tech and magic. And this seems to just be bare bones, you know, magic medieval feel, which is really cool. We always get, or at least usually we get a Final Fantasy that comes along with our console reveals, and it's definitely always one of those games that shows you how the next gen is pushing limits, basically. So, like, you I know... Have one- Mm-hmm. Can I say one real quick thing? Yeah. So there, there is there is something that I've noticed a few people say that, you know, Square gets a lot of flack for revealing games too early, and frankly, that's deserved. And in this case, you know, they even confirmed, I think today even, that we're not going to get, like, major information on this game again until 2021. But here's the, my here's my kind of thought press on this, especially considering that this is, like, um, as far as consoles, it's an exclusive to PlayStation 5. It's coming on PC as well. But console-wise, it's, it's piece of PS5 exclusivity. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there, and we'll touch on this more later when we talk more about general general PS5 stuff, but I think it's smart of them when you're ju- revealing the console pricing and release date to also show a few games that are coming out you know, down the road and not just launch games because not every not everyone is necessarily going to get a, game, a console at launch or can get a console at launch. So it's nice that if people are on the fence about getting a PS5 or an Xbox Series X or S and don't know which one they want and they know, but well, hey, this game that I want, this Final Fantasy game, this coming out on PS5, I'm not going to get a console now, but I'll just, you know, save up in the 2021 that comes out, I'll get a PS5. So that's just I, just a general statement that I think it's smart of the, it was smart of them to show launch and uh, later games for the PlayStation Five presentation. Um, so first, 
the PlayStation 5 presentation of Final Fantasy 16 said that the game was a console exclusive, but also coming to PC. But if Correct. you go and watch the trailer on the Final Fantasy uh, YouTube, I believe it's on the Final Fantasy YouTube and a, a few other pra- other places, it says that it is a timed console exclusive, which is why is there has been okay. a little bit of confusion with the whole thing because during the presentation they did say it was a ps5 console exclusive but then if you watch the other video it says it is a timed console exclusive so there's a little bit of confusion going on currently about what that means and i think they did it for dark souls demon souls whatever it is i think they did it for that one as well where it was like console and pc i'm not sure but as far as final fantasy Like I was saying, we usually have one at the beginning of a console and at the end. So, you know, we we had Final Fantasy X, we had Final Fantasy XII, we had Final Fantasy XIII, we had Final Fantasy XV for the PS4, and now we're going to get Final Fantasy XVI for the PS5. And usually those games are the ones that are pushing the boundaries for next-gen, and it really shows off what next-gen games can do. Uh, This one, not so much. And I know people have been complaining about that because they are expecting a certain look for, you know, next gen, your PS5 can go up to 8K, um, all that great stuff. This one doesn't do that, essentially. But I don't have a problem with that. I think that's chill. I don't think that Final Fantasy needs to push the boundaries of gaming because obviously down the line we're going to see things that are going to do that anyway. Uh, but I am a huge Final Fantasy fan. And Brendan, question, Final Fantasy X, was mm. that the beginning of that uh, system era? Uh, yes, Final Fantasy X was the very first Final Fantasy for the PS2. And that and was, uh, 12 was, the that end, was a right? showcase for the PlayStation 2 yeah. at the time. Yeah, um, so people are used to that. I watched this and I was uh, semi-excited. I don't know. I don't necessarily really like the care. I think it's really the character designs that are bothering me a bit. I, I just don't like them. I think they look kind of bland and boring. Uh, no offense to anyone. Cause I know this is also a big thing, but I, I saw the, the four guys in the campfire and I was like, Oh look, it's final fantasy 15 all over again with Noctis, Prompto, Ignis and Gladio, like same characters, same looks, you know, they, they, sometimes they have the token black guy, which is already problematic, but sometimes that black guy is pretty well written. Sometimes they don't even have that here. So it's really kind of just disappointing, I think, to create a, your own medieval world, but then not have some type of, I mean, Final Fantasy VII, I always talk about how happy I am, the diversity in it. This one, it just like, it seems kind of like, you know, rote. I've seen it before. Um, not too hyped about it yet, but I am a huge fan of Naoki Yoshida's uh, work on Final Fantasy XIV. Anyone can tell you I love Final Fantasy XIV. I think it's some of the best stories in Final Fantasy history. So uh, with him producing, um, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, so yeah, we started with Final Fantasy XVI, which was definitely still a surprise, a nice surprise. And then we went into Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was a really awesome g- gameplay trailer. It was a, an extended look at Miles Morales. It was gorgeous. Uh, we got some combat. We got some combos. Uh, we got some hints at who the villain would be. What did you guys think of this one? Uh, I loved oh, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, first, I just want to say, like, the, the within the first five seconds, you saw Puerto Rican flags. That was yes. beautiful because it's kind of like a meme of, like, oh, how'd you know uh, uh, we were Puerto Rican? And it's, like, Puerto Rican <laughs> flags. Yeah. Right? That's the first thing yeah. I thought, which I was yeah. like, that's awesome. I love it. And then uh, when you saw Miles Morales um, walking down uh, the street, you just it just looked so real. I was just so impressed at how real it looked. You saw like the LGBT flag, and, uh, which is pretty cool. You saw it just looked like a real like community, like hanging out, talking. You know, I love saying that. My boyfriend's Puerto Rican, so like it was just really exciting to to for him as well to see that. And I even got him like a little Miles Morales, like um, what are those like? big head toys yes uh, a go punk uh, i forgot what it's called but <laughs> it's like uh a li- those little toys that are of Mal morales so he can have in his like office when he works oh that's so cute you know funny story my boyfriend's puerto rican too i didn't buy him anything though so i'm <laughs> gonna just i'm not to listen to this so he doesn't expect anything <laughs> uh brandon what did you think of it oh uh, i i'm i was in love like, so first off, I love that scene, too. Like, them going down the street with all the flags, them doing salsa dancing in the middle of the Harlem streets. You better believe that. By, I'll, I'll say more about the trailer in just a second. But you better believe that my dad is, like, a huge Spider-Man fan. And, and of course, uh, like me, he's Puerto Rican. So, of course, I showed him this trailer. He loved all of that, everything that, the, that was on display there. As far as the gameplay, oh, it's great. Because it's, it's, it's everything that the 2018 Marvel Spider-Man was with more because Miles Morales has more uh, tech, not more tech, but more um, abilities than Peter Parker. He has the invisibility. He has the Venom shot, which the Electro webbing. So they incorporated that into the gameplay as well. Like, it's just, it's more of that great Spider-Man gameplay from that game, but refined to have even more to it. And I was just in love with everything that I was seeing with the combat and going forward. Like, Spider-Man, uh, the 2018, was so close to being my game of the year. If it wasn't for Smash Ultimate, it would have won that hands down. So I'm just happy to see more of that with Miles Morales because I love Peter Parker and Miles Morales, but I, I, I feel like I resonate with Miles more. So I like seeing him being center stage in this game and just seeing him do all that, that cool stuff. I'm very excited for this game. It's no it's no exaggeration to say that I am getting a PS5 at launch just to play this game because I want to play it like as soon as possible. So... I personally didn't play the first Spider-Man because I thought Miles Morales was going to be the star. And I've talked about this before, but when I found out that it was another, you know, white cis Spider-Man, I was like, ah, pass. Um, and then I heard it was really good. I still haven't given it a try yet, but I heard it was really good. And so you are in luck though, because I know. the ultimate edition of the, yep. Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you'll get, you'll literally get to play both. Well, uh, yeah, I, I have it on PS4 and though. You so should. I, I should was going to play it nice. anyway. Um, yeah. but this game, I think is going to be something really special from the intro that we saw, uh, exactly what you guys talked about from seeing, you know, the Puerto Rican flags as soon as we start the game. Uh, this is, excuse me, this is really one of those titles which shows how important representation can be because I think it's amazing that he is black and also Puerto Rican, you know, because we have situations where, um, People don't necessarily, or rather, uh, 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 Latin people aren't always represented as in media as, you know, different shades. So being able to see 
Miles Morales, knowing that he's half black and half Puerto Rican, uh, it, it's great because it has this duality that allows two sets of ethnic groups to be represented at once. So, you know, you know, you can show your dad and I can show my nephews and we can all celebrate Miles Morales as a character in a way that, you know, we might not be able to because everybody loves Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm already super excited and super hyped about that. Uh, as far as the game itself, because I know I'm talking all about, you know, diversity and character design, etc. But as far as the game itself, it looks so sweet. It looks so slick. It looks so good. I like... I was watching it and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I just imagine how, you know, holding the DualSense, how that's going to affect how we play this game, uh, the DualSense controller, uh, you know, with the with the triggers and the haptic feedback and everything. And I was just like, this is, it doesn't even look like a video game. It looks like a movie. Very much so. It looks that good. Like, it looks like a movie that we're going to play and it looks intriguing. Uh, we, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the villains. I'm excited for... Miles and his story and his growth that he's going to go through. I'm excited to see how the developers use his heritage as a part of his growth, as long as they don't, you know, ruin it in some way. I, I have faith that they won't just based on what we've seen. So yeah, Spider-Man definitely on my top list of games that I, I want to check out for the PS5. It's also one of the reasons I wanted to grab the PS5. Final Fantasy 16 is up there too. So the first two <laughs> games that sh- were shown yeah, off, I was like, damn, strong. this is they like, this is yeah, this is definitely a system for me. I do want to say I am glad that they're trying to uh, represent more people of color. I want people of color here. Like we, I, I mean, I can't speak for y'all, but I get so frustrated with the amount of just straight white men being the main character in every single oh, video yeah. game I play. Like I am tired of it. Mm-hmm. It like we, it, there just needs to be more stories. I'm not saying that you know white folks can't have their main characters go for it. You know, it's just there's just it's just all of them, like if we're honest. Also, like yeah. with Latino representation, it's an Af- he's an Afro Latino person, and that that is huge because yeah. Afro Latinos are huge. rare. Like Latinos are rarely represented, and when they are, it's they're never black. So this is huge. Like it, this is just, I think everyone wins in this case, especially because even like the the social political situation that spy that like spider-man had grown up and it totally makes sense for him to be an afro-latino person it just makes sense so i'm super excited to see this and i'm i've never played spider-man outside of the games that like existed like i don't know until i was two but i'm definitely getting this one yeah that is um that 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 yeah that's kind of what i was saying you know that that representation is so slim in mainstream media and gaming so i really appreciate that they've done it and i'm looking forward to see what they're going to do with that because you know his uh, if i'm not mistaken his dad is black and his mom's puerto rican right and yeah he's an afro latino so like it's it's exactly what you said like you know the skin tones aren't represented black latino characters are hardly ever represented because a lot of times in media when you do have the latino character they're much more light-skinned and or or and or they're not you know afro-latino so i am just like yes miles represent everybody and just show us what that means for a video game character. I, I also mentioned that I didn't play the last Star Wars game because it was another white guy with red hair when they had an opportunity to do something more and something different. And when that happens, I low-key become uninterested. Um, but not even low-key, high-key become uninterested and I probably won't play the game. Which brings me to Hogwarts, uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy, which was announced, which... Uh, you know, being black, I do see when there are black people in your games, and there were quite a few uh, black people in this game, um, and I'm sure we're going to be able to customize our own character, but 
nice segue to me. Give myself props for that. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> the uh, Her- Her- Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy game was announced. Well, it is an RPG. I should clarify that Harry that, Potter is technically uh, not in the name. It's Hogwarts yes. Legacy or is it Harry? It's Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. Are, are you? I was just saying that Harry Potter is not in the name because he's not in the game. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it was like such a pause. Was like, oh no, did I say something bad? I was just ah. no, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Hogwarts Legacy. You're completely correct. It is just titled Hogwarts Legacy. It is the Harry Potter RPG that we knew was supposed to be coming for a while and never came, and it finally was revealed. It is set in the 1800s, so it's actually before Harry Potter, like you mentioned. I all I gotta say is I while I'm not a fan of Harry Potter. I did play the PlayStation Harry Potter games like when I was young, but this was probably one of my favorite announcements. <laughs> I, ironically, I thought it was super cool. Like uh, just this whole this whole concept. I just really hope that if they allow us to customize our characters, to please, please let me have braids. Like I, I need black braids, long black braids. <laughs> I, I want that native representation as well in these games. Good luck, because I've been looking forward to. <laughs> so like, good luck, good luck. Uh, Brandon, did you want to talk about how you felt when you saw this one? I sure do. I absolutely adore the Harry Potter series. I've, I've, I got into it like within the first movie, and the first two movies what is what ultimately inspired me to ultimately uh, read the books. So I knew I had read all the books as soon as they had come out, and then saw the movie adaptations afterwards. I enjoyed the Fantastic Beast series. Honestly, like Joey said, I've I, I played a few of the um the first few Harry Potter games as well. Like I had the um. PS1, Sorcerer's Stone, and then I had the GameCube, um, Chamber of Secrets, and Prison of Azkaban games. I didn't go beyond that because I heard that the, the license game after that one, they started to become trash. But the first few are actually really good. They're actually, for their time, for their time, I thought they were really good adventure games where you could let's explore Hogwarts and then go through the plot of the movies, even if some of the situations that Harry was being put through because it was a video game were kind of ridiculous. But it's whatever, it's a video game. But yeah, this one, this game, I've always wanted to have a game where you are your own Hogwarts student, you could be in any house, go on your own RPG-like adventure, and then just you know just go, just go at it. It doesn't have to be married to what happened in the Harry Potter movies. And by taking place in the late 1800s, it's not that you can just literally. I'm that like a lot of people are saying the Hogwarts Legacy title is generic, and it, you know it kind of is, but it's also very to the point. That's what it is. You're making your own legacy in the uh, House of Hogwarts, whatever house you choose. Honestly. I'm really hoping that the game kind of has you go through kind of like your seven years of like Hogwarts. Don't know how they do that. If they would do a persona style where you're just doing a bunch of days or if it's like real time. I don't know. Only thing I know is that I just really wanted to, I've always wanted a game like this ever since I've been a Harry Potter fan where you can just be your own student, a high quality game. I should clarify. Cause there's like been browser games where you could do that. There's been mobile games where you could do that, but like, that's it's not the experience I was looking for. This is what more along the lines of what I was looking for. And I'm happy we're going to get that. It looks like we're going to be able to fully explore Hogwarts. It's something I've always really wanted because Hogwarts is big. It's got like all these kind of secrets. I, I desperately want that. So looking forward to this one. Oh, damn. Like when you say you're a Harry Potter fan, you're serious. Mobile games, browser games, that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? I, I, yeah, they're, they're out there, but I, I bounced off all of them. Like I was like, because they all had the premise that I was looking for, but they didn't have the depth that I was looking for. So it's like, no, I, I, I can't stay with this. For For... For you Latinos out there that grew up in Latin America, y'all know that we pirated all our games, and so all my games are pirated. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, ooh, some of those games would stop working. 
hey you gotta do what you gotta do um so as for me yeah i also grew up with harry potter i read the books before there was movies and then i you know watched the movies same same thing i don't want to give away my age talking too much about what we did before there was you know harry potter representation (laughs) but um this one was really really iffy because i'm i've been a huge harry potter fan but the discourse with jk rowling has been uh definitely at the forefront of my mind when I think about how uh, her reaction and her statements on trans individuals. And of course, you know, they keep coming out and saying more and more that she had no involvement in this game. But at the end of the day, it is her game and her world. And I'm sure she's going to make, you know, some form of royalties when the game sells. So I'm very interested to see what's going to happen here. Um, I know that on the PlayStation YouTube, as well as on IGN, the Hogwarts Legacy actually has the most views of any of the videos from the presentation. It's sitting at over 5 million, I believe, on both. 5 and million, I think, wow. you know, if I, yeah. And I think, I think the last I saw, there were 6.7 million people that watched and 5 million watched the Hogwarts Legacy. And I believe, uh, Spider-Man was after that with like 3 million and Final Fantasy was down there with 1 million. Uh, so it's been really interesting to just see the popularity of Hogwarts Legacy. I'm sure it's going to be big. It's going to be open world Harry Potter. It's going to be, from what I saw, really hard to do wrong to what to a game that looks like it's going to have a lot of right things in it. Mm-hmm. I should completely so um, about the J.K. Rowling discourse that's been going on. Yeah, she just keeps making things worse and worse. Yeah, yeah I, she does. When I saw that, honestly, I was just like, oh man, she's at this point, she's trying really hard just to get people upset, like just to to be upset. Yeah, <laughs> and it's um, it's it's really hard because it's one of those conversations where you have to decide whether you want to, because you don't want to have all the developers who have been working on this game for years to be out in the cold because of the creator of the world who, uh, you know, has a worldview that's kind of skewed and incorrect, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't feel like we should punish the developers who've worked really hard on this for X amount of years before she came out and said some stupid shit. But at the same time, supporting that is essentially supporting her in some form. You know, they can say as much as they want that she had no involvement in it, but it's her world at the end of the day, so... I'm sure it's going to sell. Um, I don't want to deter anyone from purchasing it. Cause like I said, that is a conversation that, you know, you have to have with yourself, whether you feel like you want to buy that. And I, like, I don't want anyone to feel bad if they do buy it. You know, like I said, support these developers who are creating these games and, you know, are working really, really hard. So that I don't want to talk about that anymore. Cause I don't want to feel like I'm pressuring anyone one way or the other. So next up was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. <laughs> and that one I said, right. Um, the campaign gameplay was finally revealed. We saw a little bit of the first mission from Cold War uh, called Nowhere Left to Run. And we also found out that PS4 players will get exclusive access to the Cold War multiplayer alpha on September 18th, which is tomorrow, tomorrow, actually. Yeah. Yeah. um, From the time that we're recording this. (laughs) It'll probably be after the 18th by the time it comes out. But um, yeah, so... I personally, I do play Call of Duty. I play with my best friend sometimes. I'm not a huge Call of Duty fan, but I do love to hop in there and shoot some people, you know, just let off some steam, shoot some people, have some fun. This, uh, this 
campaign gameplay actually <laughs> looked really good. Like, I'm not a huge fan, but I can't deny that it looked pretty damn good. It was, it was, it looked fun. It looked intense. It looked polished. It looked like something that I could totally see myself playing at a discount price later on. Because <laughs> uh, I don't want to pay full price for Call of Duty. But I can totally, like, having seen that, I can totally see why people would be excited for it. It has the same type of polish to me as Miles Morales did. It's a very different gameplay, but, um, the way that the gameplay worked, I was like, okay, these uh, Sony has definitely shown off uh, games that are developed to the fullest that are really pushing the limits and and making sure that they get into the nitty gritty of what they're doing. And that that Call of Duty Cold War gameplay uh, looked really really good. But uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, sir, it's it's definitely polished. Like the one thing that all Call of Duty games, most Call of Duty games, do really well is their campaign, because especially this one because it's a showcase for a new console. So it's 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 definitely well polished. There's a lot of intricacies to it. The multiplayer is what I hear doesn't change too much. Again, I also don't play too much. Like okay, like I'll do an occasional multiplayer match. I used to do a lot during the 360 days, but these days, like if a if a Call of Duty comes on PS Plus, I almost always download it because that's cool for a few multiplayer matches here and there. And that's I mean that's pretty much it. I've I've I don't, I've never purchased a Call of Duty game, but I've played many of them. They're fun for what they are. That's that's pretty much everything I have to say about it. So this game is not without controversy, of course. Uh, especially talking about Latino Heritage Month, it's funny because um, you know it's around the, the story of like the Cold War, and Reagan yeah. is a character in the game, which I saw. And there's been articles <laughs> yeah. of like, oh, he sends you to do war crimes and things like this. And it's interesting because like, if anyone knows the history of of, of Reagan, like he did finance the Mayan genocide in Guatemala. And so to me, when I saw this reveal. I mean, I, I knew this game was going to come out, though, by then, but, um, or at least the rumors of it. But it's just, it just sits to me because I'm like, wow, on Latino Heritage Month, uh, I'm seeing this game. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How ironically, uh, I'm sorry, what an ironic time to release the gameplay trailer for uh, Call of Duty Cold War. Uh, well, since, so let's talk about that just really quickly. Uh, how, how... So when you have video games that are covering history, but in their own way, how do you guys feel about that? I'm assuming you don't, you don't care for it, essentially in this, like in this aspect, um, in this representation rather. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't play Call of Duty. Like I've played Call of Duty games in the past, but I haven't played the storyline too much. So I really don't know if they're like, like factual to the T or if they make up their own history or what they do. Um, I have seen things in the past that's been messy where like i i don't remember if it was a call of duty game but it's one of these type of shooter games where they go to the middle east and uh or not even the middle east like iraq and then they have uh the wrong language you know they have uh, a language that the country doesn't even spoke but they you know swear that they did all this research and having a boyfriend that speaks like seven eight languages it's so useful because he's like that's not even a language that they speak over there and so I feel like sometimes these games have a Western lens, and that is a problem when they're going to like third world countries. Uh, how they're representing these these countries, the culture there, it often is like, oh, white guy good, brown people bad, you know. Like if we're honest, so yeah. Uh, and so I do have a problem with a lot of these games. I'm not saying this game is gonna be like that. I really don't. I haven't played it. I, I, I even on the trailer, I was trying to see who are the enemies. Are they? guatemalans are they mayas are they like who are they you know what i mean i i heard them i believe speak english so i was like oh maybe they're russian but again uh that's i didn't look too 
much into it because I'm not a Call of Duty fan or anything like that. But it was going all over my Twitter. People were talking left and right about it, about Reagan sending you to do war crimes. And it's just funny because I was like, oh, this is funny. I just didn't think that the game would go to Cold War. Um, mm-hmm. Brandon, did you want to add anything to that before I move on? Nah, I think I pretty much said my piece on it. Uh, all right. Uh, it's going to sell like all Call of Duties do, so That's we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that so next up was Resident Evil Village, which is going to be uh, Resident Evil 8. Uh, we got that gameplay trailer into uh, the story a little bit, where we got this dark, twisted fantasy type feel. Uh, we got some environments. We got some really creepy moments. And I am not a Resident Evil fan. I enjoyed 5 and 6, even though everybody hated 6. And I also enjoyed... Uh, the remake of was it two three two. whatever whatever one it was it doesn't matter i enjoyed that one but it was really scary so i tried to play resident evil 7 it was the scariest game i've ever in my life played so i have no interest in resident <laughs> evil 8 like zero i could not get past the beginning of re7 like i lights on the lights were on middle of the day and i still couldn't do it so i ain't no way i'm playing this shit uh and that's my thoughts on resident evil 8 it looks really good but it's not for me what about you guys i love scary games that's what all I say is, so I love scary games. Shooting scary games tend to be less scary for me. Like I played Dead Space, and uh, it just wasn't scary because I had a gun. Um, this looks more scary, so I am looking into it. See, I'm gonna first read the reviews because Resident Evil it's, it's a hit or miss sometimes. I heard the last one was really good, um, so I really wanted to play it, but my roommate has my PlayStation on lockdown, so I haven't gotten it. <laughs> <laughs> Brent, I'm sorry. Literally, this is the second time you've been on a podcast and you're just like, can't even play on a PlayStation. <laughs> I'm just like, bro, I'm so sorry for you. I mean, um, I can ask for also, it. Also, honestly, like, you know, it is mine. I can ask for it whenever, but I just feel bad. I'm like, you know, they use it. They really got my money's worth through them. Like, I'm living by curiosity. I mean, hey, yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, Brandon, what about you? So, what, what Joey was saying about, like, how if you have a gun, it's not, it's not scary. Honestly, for me, what he's describing, I believe, is the difference between horror games and survival horror games, where horror games, like, you're in these scary-ass situations. You can't do nothing about it, which makes it even more scary. And then survival horror, of course, you're in the horror situation, but you got a gun so you can defend yourself. I cannot do regular horror games. I do not mess with horror games. Survival horror, I touch on occasion. Like, I enjoy The Last of Us. I would definitely describe that as a survival horror game. As for Resident Evil, it's a series that I've always meant to get into. Like, I've played a fair bit of one remastered as well as revelations one though i haven't finished either one and so from there and i love revelations one i know there's a lot of people who aren't as keen about it but i love revelations one uh one remastered is um it's all right it's like the original resident evil formula which i'm if i'm gonna be gonna be completely completely honest i prefer the third person action that it was introduced with four those are the games I really want to go get into. So eventually, at some point, I can tell you right now that I'm going to play a bunch of these games because I really did enjoy that formula. But for now, I'm so very bar- far behind. So Resident Evil 8, doesn't matter when that game's come out. It's a distant game for me just because I got to get through the other ones first. So there, that, that's me. Okay. Um Okay, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm thinking about like, will I ever finish seven or you know? Yeah, see, that's the other thing. Eight. Seven the answer is no. Like to be the scariest one by far. Like it was, and I it was. I can't even fathom it playing was. that in VR. So, oh my god! I literally like I could. I don't want to talk about it. 
I don't know how people can do it. I literally have no no words for that. Uh, so next up <laughs> was Deathloop. Uh, we got another gameplay trailer for Deathloop, a little more of an in-depth feel of what the game was going to be. And this game is so weird. I feel like the concept is really good. <laughs> yeah. But I don't really know, like, where the game stands with me. Like, I, I just... I feel like it's a really cool concept. I love that there's this black guy. I love that the other person is a woman and you guys are competing against each other. And I like the concept of having to travel through time to kill people. But even this trailer was like, you have to go and kill this one person, but he has to be at the same place at one time as another person. Cause when you kill one, the other one's like still alive and it doesn't match up, but he's never where he's supposed to be. And I was like, okay, but like, what is this game? Like I, I understand that it's a shooter where we manipulate time and it just has a weird, I don't, I don't think it has its placement yet. Like, I don't think they've shown a trailer that really tells me this is what Deathloop is yet. And, and I feel like they're trying to, and I feel like they technically have, I'm just not getting it. So I don't know what it is. Okay, and, and cool. Tell me because, about it. Uh, there was another. Uh, this this was not the first trailer of this game. There was another trailer, uh, and it, it was more, I guess, fleshed out. Because I'm not gonna lie, if I had not, if I know nothing about this game and I saw this trailer, I'd be like, I am so confused. But there was another trailer that really fleshed out the concept, and this was just, I think, expanding on a specific aspect of the game. And so, apart, it doesn't make sense, but I think together, I was just like, oh, wow, this game is, like, shaping out to be a really, like, interesting game. The game is uh, made by Arcane Studios, and for those that don't know, Arcane Studios make games like Dishonored and Prey, and these games mm-hmm. have, like, the, they're inspired by Bioshock, which is inspired by System Shock, and all these games are kind of, like, inspired by each other. So, it's I love Bioshock. Like, I love Bioshock. <laughs> yeah, Bioshock Infinite, like... I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, and Prey, while I've played, like, of, like 10 minutes of Prey, when I had the, this this Xbox Game Pass, uh, like, I didn't know that Prey was on it, and so I only played it for, like, a day. <laughs> and, and, you know, Prey was a good concept. And so, and I've seen, I very much wanted to try this on it. I never played it before, but it looked really fun. And so all my, everyone in this house that I currently live in loves the Bioshock series, and they love, and my roommate loves Prey, and so they're very excited for Deathloop. And looking at the, the, just the art style is really cool. The music, the concept, but I do think that the, just looking at the trailer alone, I would definitely have been confused. Also, the the, the character is not just a woman. I'm pretty sure she's a black woman too. So that's pretty cool. Even better. <laughs> Uh, even better i think you're right because i think i mentioned it on the last podcast when when we did talk about the other trailer um i don't know i think this game just might not be for me because i i shouldn't have said uh, so i should say that i do understand the concept of it uh but i just don't get like i feel like it's very niche and it's not like my it's not my thing it looks like a it's so weird it's like an indie game that i would pass up basically whereas you, you know hear, you heard it here. i know that sounds Jarell so bad indie games they don't believe in small companies <laughs> that's <laughs> not true that's not true <laughs> i love indie games just not this one and it's not even like it's not even an indie title it just seems like it's just not for me brandon go ahead so i can stop putting my foot in my mouth <laughs> so interestingly enough i think my point of view towards death loop is like probably square in between both of your point of views so I definitely I saw this trailer and I saw the past trailer as well. Uh, when I saw the first trailer, I thought, "Oh, this is a neat concept," 
but I wasn't interested after the first trailer. After this trailer, I I am not completely sold yet. But this definitely sold me a lot more than the first one because now that the concept, like like Joey said, each trailer kind of like tells a little piece of the puzzle as far as what this game is. And this one definitely filled in more of the blanks. Like, okay, so it's not just, you know, it's a Groundhog Day-like concept, of course. You know, you die and you have to repeat everything. But now they're going into more detail about what you do in each of these loops. And it's way bigger than I thought it was. Like, it seems like this feels to me like the game that the very first time you play is going to be a, a few hours to, to to complete and like this, the typical game life that you would get for these modern day games. But I feel like this is infinitely like speed runnable once you like know what to do. And I kind of like the idea of, of, of a game that like you're learning more as you go. Like today, as the recording of this podcast, Hades came out for Switch. And that game is kind of like that too, where you die, but you learn more things. The story is still moving along. Definitely feels like it's going to be the same way. So yeah, I'm I'm getting more interested into this game with each new trailer, but I'm not sold yet. I need one or two more trailers during I don't know maybe a state of play or something like that before the game comes out, and then I think it might get me. But I'm I'll, I'll, I have to wait and see. Okay, uh, so next up was the Devil May Cry Five Special Edition that was announced for a digital launch on the PlayStation Five, coming with extra stuff. Lots. Of uh, I was just like, okay. That was probably the most disappointing announcement of the day. I think it's really cool that, you know, you can play Devil May Cry 5, but um, disappointing as in, like, not a bad game, but, like, least hype, I should say. Um, next, did you guys want to say anything about that before I move I like on? the music. Just, yeah, music's great. Okay. And also... Yeah, Devil May Cry, yeah, because, like, I, if I'm not mistaken, the every character has their own soundtrack, or at least yes. their own song. And so when I was looking, I was like, oh, I like this song. Okay. <laughs> And I think that new song that was in the trailer is because Virgil's playable in this one, which is something that is. which is something that everybody was asking for for DMC Five. Um, yeah, in the special edition, I he's finally going to be playable. DMC is a series that I've always mean to get to because I always thought that it was a really cool concept, character action. I know Christy loves the Devil May Cry games, for example. She loved Five. Um, it's a series I've always meant to get into. I guess whenever I do get around to Five. I, I mean, I'll just play this version because by that point, I'll probably have this. Uh, I'm, I'll most likely have the PlayStation 5, and I'll look forward to playing it. It's Honestly, it's Devil May Cry 5 is because uh, um, I played it. And there's this part where, like, you get to, like, you do all these crazy combos, and one of the combos, you literally get on your sword and, like, ride it like a skateboard. I would, like, <laughs> this game is just so, to me, like, so ridiculously, so ridiculous in the concept, but it's so satisfying. When did this come out? Originally, ooh, good question. It's been on. It's been on the console for a second. I want to say 2018, but I would need to fact check that. 2019. Oh wow. Okay, so it's only a year old. It's not that old. Wow, I could have sworn it was older than that. Wow. As did I. Yep. So that shows you how excited I am for Devil May Cry Five. Yay! Uh, next up was uh, Odds Odds World Soulstorm. Uh, we saw more gameplay. We got a little bit about the protagonist. Uh, then we had Five Nights at Freddy's The Security Breach. It was first announced, uh, taking place in a new location. I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's. I've been a little scared, but we're going to be able to play it on the PS5. And then uh, we got the extended version of the Demon Souls gameplay. And we also got a look at Unreal Engine uh, Fortnite on Unreal Engine 4 coming to PS5, and it'll be available at launch. So anything you guys want to say about those four before I move on to uh, the last bits? Um... 
what I will say is Oddworld was a game that scared me when I was a little kid, and it continues to scare me. Yeah. L-O-L. <laughs> like, I, just, I, <laughs> I love really it. I'm scared of that game. And, like, I just feel so bad because I think I think that some of these aliens are slaves, and then they get killed. I'm just like... Oh, they all get I murdered. feel like Pikmin, but adult version. Yeah, that's, exact, that's the exact person I got. Adult Pikmin. Which is to say, I don't want to play it because it's just scary. I, just, I already I'll... feel bad when when Pikmin dies. So I'm just like, same. Oh my god, it's the worst feeling ever. <laughs> anyway. I'm like, no, don't slaves don't die. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And then the I mean... the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm just that game confuses me. I played the first one and it, like you were at a pizza place and then there's, it's like kind of scary or whatever. But then now it looks like an amusement park. I'm like, where did they get the money? Like. The comp- like not the real life company, but the end game. It- oh, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what kind of question? Yeah, I mean, you know, I heard that the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's started out as like a Christian game developer, <laughs> so it's just kind of funny that they got famous off of Five Nights at Freddy's. I, mean, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a simple concept, but I mean, I get why I get why it became as popular as it is. It's simple, but it's it's effective. Me, but for me, you know, scary game. Don't want to play it. Same thing with Odd World. Demon Souls looks good, but I played Dark Souls when it came. I played the Dark Souls demo when it came on Switch, and it really wasn't for me. So I don't know if any Souls game will really get me for that reason. But hey, it looks good, so cool. Yeah, Demon Souls looks really good, and I actually do want to give it a try uh, because I haven't tried a Dark Souls title either. So I'm probably going to be frustrated. But Gabe had that whole article on hpcritical.com, which you should totally check out about why you should start uh, playing a, um, a Dark Souls title. I disagree. So, okay. Listen, I, I have Dark Souls 1. I really wanted to get into it because of the story. Or at least I heard the story is really good. And that game is so frustrating i die every se- i'm just like damn am i bad at video games i beat cuthead what is this i can't beat this game i just gave up. i was getting so annoyed i was like i'm not i'm not even having fun at this point <laughs> yeah you know that's why i said i wouldn't try it but i was convinced by my boyfriend's friend that i should give it a go and gabe also keeps telling me to give it a go and he can't um he can't defend the game because he was too busy to come on the podcast so that's his fault <laughs> anyway make sure to submit um, this episode Fortnite, to him. make sure he listens to this episode when we want to close out i i definitely will <laughs> uh fortnite was actually my least uh hyped announcement it was not um DMC it was not devil may cry uh, good it was good I used it to i'm glad go to the restroom i mean i'm happy that the, wow. the young kids get the free game because like i mean i don't know about y'all but young kids play fortnite but like i played runescape when i was young because it was free like i play some of these free games you know what do you mean fortnite's mm-hmm. not free no, I said more. I said more than young kids. Before. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I know, but like, it's really popular with like the younger crowd, and so, um, like, I'm happy that they have like a game to go to. Like, the games I would play if I was a kid would be Fortnite and, and Smite, if we're honest. I just want to say something. I want to say something. I, I'm not interested in Fortnite at all personally, but I do want to say something positive about it. It's as a game, as a game, it's really been a pioneer in really getting like a lot of people together to play a game together, especially with this crossplay features. I remember this was about maybe two years ago. Now I went to uh, one of my relatives party, my aunt's house um, and a bunch of my uh, nephews, little cousins were just all playing together. One, one of them was playing on the, because the, there's a PS4 in the house. So they were playing on the PS4 and then the rest of them were either 
they're playing on tablets or phones and they're all just playing together. And I thought, you know what, that's really cool. I'm really, it's really nice that they all have this game that they can enjoy. And Fortnite, you know, really has been like a pioneer in really getting that together, mainly because it's free. But, you know, it really has something to resonate with a lot of kids. So I think that's cool. Ain't for me, but I, th- I can appreciate it for what it is. Oh, I never said I hated Fortnite. I just no, said yeah, it's my I, least I'm just saying, like, none of us here, I think, are particularly interested in it. Uh, but I do want to appreciate it for what it does do. If I had the ability to play, I would go beat all those kids and win millions of dollars instead of them. <laughs> because I need it more! <laughs> I have college student loans, damn it! Um, now nah, Fortnite's really, uh, I think it's really cool. It's become such a platform for, for uh, you know, pioneering gaming, kind of like you said. But for me, it's like the way that they're able to have full concerts inside the Fortnite game yeah. for them to be able to uh, host the new Star Wars preview inside Fortnite. Like the entire Fortnite event where they blew up the servers or like blew up the internet or whatever it was. Things like that are super, super cool. Uh, so the things that they're able to do with Fortnite are really cool, but also fuck night, fuck Fortnite. <laughs> fuck Fortnite. Fuck <laughs> fuck Fortnite for the bullshit that they're pulling with Apple. I am team Apple, but because I don't like the way that Epic Games has been, you know, deciding that how they were going to do things. Whatever. I don't want to talk about that either. Wait, but wait, 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 uh, we're wait, wait. expand up- on that because I'm confused now. No, we have to talk about it after the podcast. Okay, <laughs> like, that's fine. She's on two articles. I'm or, yes, yes, you can also, we also have one by a guest writer, Flora, and two articles by uh, Christy that you can check out on hpcritical.com if you have it, where we talk all about this. But um, the next thing that was announced was the PlayStation Plus collection, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, it is a, for anyone who has PS Plus, it's a PS5 upgrade to Sony's PlayStation PlayStation Plus subscription service, which allows you to play at no additional cost the following games. At, by the way, all of these games are going to be available at launch uh, for the PS5. And that is God of War, Bloodborne, Monster Hunter World, Final Fantasy XV, Fallout 4, Mortal Kombat X, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, Ratchet and Clank, Days Gone, Until Dawn, Detroit Become Human, Battlefield 1, Infamous Second Son, Batman Arkham Knight, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us, Persona 5, and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. This is, um, as far as I'm aware, it's going to vary by country. Uh, and it's not available in China yet. But when the PS5 launches on November 12th, if you have PlayStation Plus, you will be able to download and play these games as a part of the PlayStation Plus collection. Um, whew, go ahead. Tell me what you guys think about that. Dude, it's insane. Like, those games, like, okay. So there's nothing in there that's, like, for the most part, like, that's, like, too recent. But that these are, these are like, some high-quality games that they're throwing on there like none of the games on this list like regardless of their age how long they've been out none of these, these are like bad games so if you just don't own them they're the, 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 this is great honestly it'll give me a chance to um because i honestly i was hearing mixed thing about days gone but i did want to try it so hey i get it free now i finally get to try it for myself um you, you got some stuff in there you got some rpgs dude final fantasy 15 persona 5 are both in this that's crazy you got a fighting game, Mortal Kombat X. The, the, like the value is the value is there. I think you know the only criticism is if, it, if you're like a diehard PlayStation fan, you probably own most of these games already on PS4. But for someone who is like maybe missed 
missed out on a whole bunch of games. I, he, no, let me rephrase. Let me let me take that back. I don't think there's anyone out there except the most diehard of gamers that has played every single game on that list. So there has to be at least one game there that maybe somebody interests somebody that they would want to try. And I think that's cool. I, I, I think the fact that they have so many at launch is really cool. Damn, way to call me out. Uh. Um, <laughs> I don't <laughs> <laughs> um, But... Uh, yeah, I see the list of games. Um, I I heard bad things about last the last Guardian, but I've always wanted to try it, so that's one of the games I'm definitely going to be trying out. And Bloodborne as well. Um, I just hope it's not as hard as Dark Souls, because. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, like some of these games are definitely games I'm I'm looking out for, and I didn't get to try because my roommate has my PlayStation. But um, yeah. Bro, all I keep hearing, literally, this entire podcast, all it is is my roommate has my PlayStation. My roommate has my PlayStation. I'm going to talk to your roommate and get it back. No, no. Because we, we need you to be playing some stuff. I'm hoping, I don't I don't know if it's been announced or, or if it's been like confirmed or not, but I'm hoping PlayStation is PlayStation 5 is backwards compatible with at least the PlayStation 4 games. If that's the case, then... I think they said it was like 99% compatible. It was compatible with like 99% of PS4 games. Okay, so then I, I am believe. good. Yeah. I can, I'm just and going then, to get my PlayStation and then... Yeah, the and then you're good. Yeah. Take all the guard games back, basically. And I think they said that, in addition to that 99% compatibility, I think they're even expanding that as well. I think there's going to, by the end, there's going to be... For the other 1%? Was that? As said for the other 1%? Yeah, the other one percent, whatever one percent that could cool. possibly be. I have to assume that pretty much it. every PS4 game, like I haven't gotten like any like bargain bin PS4 games personally, so I have to assume that everything I own is is like compatible. At least I hope so. It'd be it would devastate me if something if I own something that's like ah I can't play this. It might but it I might think, just be like I, I think games okay. that are ports. It might just be games that are ports that you would come buy at the store um, from like uh-huh. the old PlayStation that is not compatible yet. Um, that's what I'm assuming because that's how the Xboxes sometimes like some games are compatible and some games are <laughs> and it's just typically the older games. It's true. So for me, the PlayStation Plus collection is probably one of the highlights of the entire presentation. <clears throat> And that is for uh, first of all, I do think it is missing one very notable title, which I was surprised that was not on there, and that is Horizon Zero Dawn. That's true. Especially with true. Horizon Forbidden West coming, I was like this is the one standout of the title that is not here. Mm. Uh, but uh, the PlayStation Plus collection has me excited because I'm always a member of PS Plus. Like, I, I it just renews automatically at this point. Um, I'm always going to play my PlayStation. I'm always grabbing those two for games. But well, Jerome, there, I have a question. Well, Quick question. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. Do you th- do you think that this that they're going to add to this? Do you th- like let me let me put it this way? You know how Nintendo Switch has got that service where you can play all those NES and Super Nintendo games. Do you think that they'll maybe over time add to that instead of being monthly games that you can only get for like that month? Do you think that they'll just keep those games like pretty much as long as you're a PS Plus member, and then you can also just add more to that? What do you think? So basically, that was actually what I was about to say. Um, <laughs> that's one of the reasons that I am excited for the PlayStation Plus collection because I do believe that they are going to add to it. Because I, 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 so what I'm assuming, and of course I could be very wrong, is well, first let me say that one of the reasons I'm really excited for this is because anyone who buys a console at launch knows how difficult it is to buy a console at launch. Yeah, not the purchase, uh, pr- uh, not the purchase issue, but you have nothing to play. 
Like, you're gonna sit there with a brand new console, all pretty, and you're gonna want to play something, and unless it's, like, a launch title, aside from that one one or two launch titles that usually come out, you're kind of just stuck with nothing to play. So this is really a great answer to a backlog issue um, that I have personally, because I haven't played God of War, I haven't played Bloodborne, I haven't finished Monster Hunter World, I started Fallout 4, I haven't finished it, haven't touched Mortal Kombat, haven't touched Uncharted 4, haven't played Ratchet and Clank, wanted to play Days Gone, haven't touched it, uh, I loved Until Dawn, I'd love to replay it on the PS5 with some friends. Oh yeah. Um, Detroit Become Human is always a great one that people can like play because it has such uh, social issues in it and it's really compelling. Uh, Battlefield 1 I haven't tried, uh, Infamous Second Son I never finished, Batman Arkham Knight I haven't tried, Last of Us Guardian I haven't tried, Last of Us I did beat but it's great for people to be able to have it, especially with Last of Us 2 being such a high selling game sure. Persona 5 is one of my favorite games of all time everybody should give it a like give it a try and Resident Evil 7 is trash, don't play it it's super scary, but ah. <clears throat> having um, the ability to play all of those day one is such a huge boon for, for Playstation because they don't have Game Pass and that was the second thing I was going to say. I feel like this is their trip into um, Game Pass Game Pass competition. And um, it's looking really good because even though these are older titles, a lot of Game Pass is also older titles, that, um, and a lot of them are kind of indie, so they're not all as great as these games. I mean, some of these games on this list are fucking masterpieces, you know? Yeah. Like, you you can't compete with God of War and Persona 5, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how people felt about Detroit Become Human, and I know that... Um, um, Final Fantasy 15 is like you know divisive but you've got things like Resident Evil 7 that you can't compete with The Last of Us that you can't compete with The Last Guardian which is either one way or another but people really really loved it so this is literally a list of some of the best games of this generation yeah. right so it's really hard to not be excited to get all those games for free and play them on your brand new shiny Playstation 5 when you first pull it out of the box like that is that's huge. That's that's really huge because I got the PS4 at launch and, you know, I opened it. Um, I think I saved it for my birthday or Christmas or something. And I had to play like I had two games to play and it was just sitting there. And one of them, I think, was Rezogun. And I was just like, oh, man, this is Rezogun. all I've got. I got this shiny <laughs> brand new PS4 and I'm sitting Rezogun here playing like an, an arcade title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I am I'm hoping and I do um, assume that it is going to expand to you know how they have PlayStation Hits games? Yes. So, like, now you can get Persona 5 for, like, 20 bucks. A lot of these games you could probably get for, like, 20 bucks somewhere or for cheap. I think the more games that are added to that PlayStation Hits, the more games we're going to eventually see on this PlayStation Plus collection list. And I really hope that's the case, because, you know, eventually down the line, I can totally see The Last of Us 2 being a part of this collection. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, 100%. I understand why it didn't come um, this I year, because can... that game, like, just came out. <laughs> but I, I can yeah. totally see that coming down the road later. Yeah, and that's why I am that's why I'm excited for this. And I, I hope that answers your question. Yes, I do believe that this is going to expand and I am excited to see it expand and I'm excited to see it grow into a a uh, Game Pass competitor. So we may not be getting, you know, the most brand new games, but we're getting some of the best games mm -hmm. and they're going to be better. There, It's it's Sony's way of saying, hey, there's Game Pass over there with 100 games, but here are, you know, 10 of the best games of this generation that are going to blow you away. Better than, you know, playing Battletoads because it's free on Game Pass. 
And that's not a shout, a shit, uh, shout, shout against Battletoads because I haven't played it. But you know, going through the Game Pass list, I think Game Pass is a really great um, value. But I think that a lot of the games are not great on there for me personally. I don't think it's going to be good for me until they start releasing brand new titles. And this is also for, you know, they were also showing off some of the prices for these games. Uh, The brand new games coming to PS5, a lot of them are going to be $70 instead of $60. So we're about to see that price hike. And so people have been talking about why Game Pass is so good because you're not going to have to shell out $70 instead of the $60 that we're used to. You're not going to have to shell out $70. You're going to get this for, you know, uh, a monthly fee. Whereas... PlayStation, you want to play, you know, uh, Final Fantasy 16, you're going to have to pop out 70 bucks eventually down the line. And if you don't want to do that and there's no service that allows you to save money to play games, it can become, um, you know, a, a difficult decision when deciding what console to get. Because if you're getting a PlayStation, you're essentially investing in these $70 titles as opposed to getting an Xbox where you can pay, you know, $15 a month to have access to a bunch of games. So this is kind of, I think, a cushion for the start of this generation. And I am hopeful, so hopeful and excited to see that it expands into other titles, especially I really am sad that Horizon Zero Dawn is not there. Like it should 100% be there um, because of Horizon Forbidden West that's coming out. So it would be really cool to start your Horizon journey on PS5 and then continue through the PS5. But if it is one of the ones that is backward compatible, you know, I have the game. If I'm able to just stick it into my PS5 and play it and then get ready for uh, Forbidden West, that's cool too. But yeah, no, I'm, I think this is probably one of the best announcements there because it covers the issue of not having games to play, but it also has, uh, it also is a little bit of an answer to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, not like a, an ultimate answer, but I do think that Sony is thinking about where they're headed in the future with this. So we'll see if it's just going to be, you know, if it's going to continue to be two games every month for PS Plus members, or if it's going to be a part of a collection title that comes um, on top of the two games, or maybe it's just a collection title now instead of two games, but that game is worth more value. I don't know, but I'm really, really hoping. Uh, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> Cool. Uh, and then finally, we got the price points for the consoles and a very small teaser of God of War Ragnarok, which is another great reason that God of War is on this list because yeah. Ragnarok is coming, which is exactly what it said. Ragnarok is coming. Uh, it's going to be a sequel to the 2018 reboot of God of War coming sometime in 2021. Now let's talk about pricing. Uh, the PlayStation 5 Standard Edition comes in at 499 US dollars, and the Digital Edition comes in at 399 US dollars, and the game, uh, sorry, the game system is going to be released on November 12th in a bunch of different areas aside from China and everywhere else in the world. It's going to be on November 19th, uh, released. Uh, pre-orders were supposed to start on the 17th, which was today. There was a mix-up. They started yesterday. If you got one, God bless you. If you didn't, good luck. It's been a fucking mess. It's been literally the worst, I think, uh, console pre-launch, especially because we were told we would have uh, enough time before pre-orders went live to be able to prepare for them. And then it was just kind of like, hey, it's out everywhere. Good luck. Yep. 
Um, so we all know that's a mess. So I don't want to go into that too much, but I do want to talk about the pricing for the PS5 digital edition and the regular edition and do a little comparison to uh, Xbox. Also, one last thing I do want to mention is that I, I am going to talk a little bit of shit about Xbox and I'm going to praise PlayStation here, but I will add this caveat that PlayStation had a conference to have this reveal and they had the advantage of showing off games and they had the advantage of being able to throw in surprises like Final Fantasy 16, whereas the Xbox information was literally just leaked and we did not get anything, you know, to help out with that very much. Am I, am I missing something? Did we? No, I don't think so. All right. It was just like, it was a leak and then there were the prices. Uh, yeah. So, PlayStation definitely did have the advantage in this situation because instead of having their prices leak, they were able to prepare an entire presentation with hype-ass games and a full reveal, like the reveal that we were looking for, as opposed to what Xbox was forced to do. So I do think um, I do have to add that little caveat in before I discuss this. So what do you guys think of the pricing and the reveal? I think the pricing is actually pretty competitive. Um, so the fact that the PS5 is a complete price match to the Series X. That's interesting that they're the same price. It's not a $100 difference like it was, say, in the PS4, Xbox One era, because that was a that was a blow. So the fact that they're the same price, it literally now becomes a choice where, and I'll mention the digital in a second, but talking about just the regular PlayStation 5 to the Series X, it's interesting because now it becomes just a choice for consumers, like uh, what games interest you more or what, what specs interest you more. Because the Series X technically is just a little more powerful than the PlayStation 5, and it has a Game Pass. But the PlayStation 5 is not only going to have more exclusives like at launch, but it's going to have more later. So at that point, with the complete price match, it's not even a matter of like money, how much you're spending if you're only getting one or the other. It's just a matter of what you want. Then if we're going down the list and talking about the cheaper models, the Series S to the Digital Edition, um, the fact that the Digital Edition is $100 cheaper... But other besides having losing the uh, disc drive, it's the same exact console. is very very interesting and competitive because it's again same console, just no disc drive. But you're getting everything that a PlayStation Five would have otherwise, and I think that's important. Whereas with Series S, it's a hundred dollars cheaper. You're getting it. You're getting a Series S for the price you would pay for a Switch, like we talked about in our last discussion. But you don't get the the 4K version. You get like the 1440. It was 1440p, right? Yes, yes, it was 1440p. Right. So yeah, you you So you don't even get 4K. Yeah, you don't you do not get 4K. You technically are getting the next gen console, but you're not getting the best visuals for that. You don't have a disk drive, which again, if you're if you're one of the people who is getting a Series S, you we talked about this last conversation. You're getting a Series S more than likely just so you can play with Game Pass and and take advantage of that. But yeah, yeah, that's really all it for what you would be getting for that. Whereas, again, PlayStation Five, you either get the full the full five hundred dollars, which gets you everything, including the disc, or a cheaper hundred dollars where you don't have the disc, but you still have all the features. So, I think the pricing is very competitive, given what they are up against. I think it really just becomes a, a preference to what the consumer wants as far as what kind of games or features they would like. Uh, Joey, what about you? What did you think? Um, well, uh, because the price is essentially the same. For the Xbox, um, at least the the what what's the one with the disc called? <laughs> PS5, what? Regular the PS5. Oh, the PS5. PS5. Sorry, the Xbox one. Yeah. yeah. Confused, but the PS5. No, yeah. The, the Xbox edition. is literally infecting the other console. 
<laughs> so I'm like, wait, is it like a PS5 S, PS5 B, PS5 Big? I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but like, yeah, so the PS5 is the same price as the Xbox, which, um, you know, just kind of confirms the fact that I'm going to get a PlayStation 5. Um, I am a big fan of Sony, um, ever, especially after the God of War reveal the first time around. It's pretty much the reason why I got a PlayStation 4, and I fell in love with the system after that. And yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna get it. <laughs> it's, I'm gonna I don't I didn't pre-order it because I don't really do pre-orders like that because I don't like the hassle of like having to like wait till my page loads. That <laughs> not for me. Yeah. I'm not that desperate uh, for my PS5 the day it comes out. Um, mm-hmm. I will try to get it, but outside of that, yeah, the prices seem fine to me. I I'm uninterested in the non-disc version um, because I like my discs. For the PlayStation, I'm definitely getting the the bigger one now for the xbox i may get the the i don't know i haven't decided yet but playstation definitely getting paying that 500 dollars fee for my playstation so um the reason i brought up the fact that playstation had a presentation to go along with their reveal is because the fact that the <laughs> uh xbox series x and the ps5 are the same price is a big deal because yes, the Xbox Series X is more powerful than the PlayStation 5, but PlayStation was able to pull off a presentation that showed us all the games that we were going to play, whereas Xbox, we kind of just have in our memory the games that they showed at the Xbox Showcase X amount of months ago. And Xbox, I don't think, has done a good enough job at selling the Series X to us. I think that PlayStation has been aggressively selling the PS5, uh, both versions, and now they've placed it at aggressive pricing. I don't know if they were always going to do 500 Obviously, um, we don't know, but I wouldn't have been surprised if they were trying to push 550 or 600 just based on this presentation. And the fact that they did the uh, digital version for uh, 400 I think is going to be a huge loss for them as a company. I don't at all assume they were going to do 400 for their digital edition. I thought there was going to be like a $50 price difference because the, the um, consoles are so close to the same. Or at least I thought it was going to be more expensive. So definitely PlayStation has the advantage because when you think about what you're getting for 500 bucks or 400 bucks, a, a, you know, a seven to eight years of what is going to be in the future. But seeing that is very different than hearing that you're going to pay 500 bucks and trying to remember what the fuck you're paying for. Um, and Xbox has been pushing game pass, I think, and that's really what they have, but this presentation was really just Sony being like, yeah, we're going to take your money. I'm going to show you why. And uh, the pricing was super competitive, super competitive. Like if I were out to choose one and I have, let's say I already have a Nintendo Switch and I could only get one console. If I had to, I would 100% pay an extra hundred bucks to grab a digital PlayStation 5 over a Series X. Because yes, the price for a Series X is $300. Yes, that is such great competitive pricing. But the fact that, you know, everybody's going to have a computer, everybody's going to have a laptop. Yes, it can't play everything. But if you really, really want to play something, you can probably, you know, chug it along on, on a desktop that you have at home or, you know, a laptop or whatever that you have for a dollar for a couple of months if there's some type of Xbox exclusive that you really want. 
And if it's not exclusive, just play it on the PlayStation 5 because you already know that it's going to have exclusives and you're going to be able to day one play everything in that Legacy Collection and then you're going to get the Horizon and then you're going to get the Final Fantasy and then you're going to get the God of War. Uh, you're going to get all these exclusives that aren't going to be available anywhere else or or rather available on PC. Uh, so I think it is a better investment just because of the presentation. I think it's a, a better investment to save up that extra hundred bucks if you can and drop it down for next gen because you're getting 4K first of all. You're not getting 4K on the on the Series S. Like you're missing out. Um, you will get the faster load times. You will be able to enjoy you know next gen 120 uh, frames per second, all that great stuff. But it's not going to be the same quality, I think. The, the Series S is not the same tier as the X, uh, as the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. So 100%, I would save that extra hundred bucks if you can. Go for a PS5 Digital Edition. If you can afford the physical edition and you want your disc and your collectors like us, go for the, uh, uh, physical edition. It's not even necessary, honestly. Like, a lot of people have just been discussing whether they just want to save a hundred bucks. Like, and that's great. The fact that you can make that decision as easily as like, yeah, I just want to save a hundred bucks and I'll still be invested because the systems are so similar. That makes it so much easier than the sacrifices that you would have to make between the $500 and the $300 over on Xbox's side. And I think Sony just crushed it. Uh, this presentation was great and it was followed by a price point that was competitive for the uh, Xbox and we know that we're going to get Game Pass uh, so uh, over on Xbox so there is the value in Game Pass that is definitely saving them that's definitely for sure going to sell the Series S like I have no doubt that it is going to be selling out over the holiday but I also have no doubt that the uh, digital version of the PlayStation is going to be a real contender in next gen and PlayStation sold it with this presentation I mean, you start with Final Fantasy 16, and then you go into, you know, Miles Morales, and you get all the people who were already interested in Spider-Man, but really want to see something new and something fresh, and then you throw in some some Risen Evil, because people love Resident Evil, um, and then you top it off with, first of all, uh, Hogwarts Legacy was a huge get for PlayStation, yes. because it is coming to every platform, right? It's not just PlayStation. It's coming to every platform, including PC, if I'm, if I remember correctly. But the reason I say that is because we all know that people are going to gravitate towards a game based on where they see it, usually. Yeah, and that's very a true. lot of people aren't going to do the research. So it's like when, um, Xbox had, had, uh, Kingdom Hearts and it was really confusing because we're all so used to playing it on, uh, on, uh, PlayStation. But Xbox was like, hey, we have this game now. So that was a really huge get for them during that presentation because everybody was tuning in for, uh, to the Xbox presentation to see that Kingdom Hearts stuff. Uh, everyone knows now that Hogwarts Legacy is coming out. And, like, everyone is already probably thinking about getting it on PS4 and PS5 because they may not know that it's coming to Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. It is coming everywhere, but that was a huge get for PlayStation. It's one of the most popular ones there. So being able to do things like grab that game and showcase it at your showcase means that you have people that are... Uh, instantly interested because it's harry potter and then you have uh, your i know it's hogwarts legacy but you know it's in the vein of harry potter and then you also have people that are now like damn i might have to get i've literally seen people say they might have to get a ps5 so they can play harry potter yeah just because that's where they saw it at and that's how that's how that marketing works that's why it's so important to grab these uh special titles even um 
even Final Fantasy 16, you know, we know that it's supposed, it's supposedly coming to PC and maybe coming to other consoles, but that is a huge franchise to have an exclusive on. Um, and then to be able to show that off at your showcase for your next gen console, man, you've already won. Like, literally the, the top two games on the, the top three games at their presentation, they've already won. Like, I don't even know what Xbox could do to try to compete with what Shoney just showed off. Like, I have no idea. Like, they can just try to reinforce Game Pass being an ultimate, um, the ultimate way to play, like the Netflix of gaming. But if, if you don't have Harry Potter on Game Pass, or if you don't have, you know, Miles Morales on Game Pass, which you won't because it's exclusive, or if you don't have Final Fantasy 16 on Game Pass, like, it's getting harder and harder to have people, you know, wait for Halo Infinite. Yeah, no, PlayStation wins. I said it. PlayStation wins. Again. Sorry, guys. I will be getting an Xbox Series S, though. Nope. Nope. That's not even 4K. I gotta shell out extra money for an X. I forgot. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's just, that's my, my thoughts on, on the pricing. I think it's super competitive. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy with where the pricing is sitting. I think it's great that both consoles are the same price. I think, especially during a pandemic, I think for the average consumer, it is, uh, you know, hard to go over $500. So being able to pop in a PlayStation essentially for 400, that's so good. Mm -hmm. Like, I am still like a, a brand new system. With this much power for four hundred bucks is really, really good. Or maybe it's not good, and they, and Sony has convinced me that it is. Um, I I don't know. I I just think it's it's really, really great. Um, so anyway, uh, because we're uh, reaching the hour and a half mark, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before we um wrap it up? Yes, yeah. Kind of four. Yeah, I mentioned um it was uh, the trailer was revealed, the teaser was revealed yeah. for twenty twenty one. So clearly, uh, mm -hmm. you don't think God of War is that big of a deal, but I do. Um... <laughs> oh no! First of all, whoa, I do think it's a big because deal. let me just say the first time, the first like not, not the original God of War, but the the after the revamp when that trailer was announced, that was the biggest hype of um that year when it came to that trailer. So much so yep. that when the the game came out and people played it, it got raving reviews it got amazing reviews and the creator actually cried when he saw like the reception that people were saying about the game and it just humanized him like i love the game I, I love god of war i am going to be supporting god of war just because it really went from a game that to me was just like mindless like killing to like a really mature game and i love it and so this i before watching the, the the announcements, someone told me, "Oh, God of War was announced," and I was like, "What?" Because I was kind of behind already, and so I was like, "Oh, God of War coming out!" So I was like super excited, and then I saw the trailer reveal, and it was just this, and I was like, so disappointed, just because it was just a teaser trailer. It was just like a little announcement. I need more. I am thirsty for God of War. Like, and I think definitely people responded to it because it was the twenty eighteen uh, game of the year as well. I do believe that that was also the year they did God of War, they did Last of Us, and they did Ghost of Tsushima that year, right? I think so. I don't even remember those. those they showed? For... Yeah. I don't even mm. remember those two other it... games, and that lets you know, like, God of War was just really, like, right. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I'm just those games just were kidding. huge. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel uh... to have your games diminished, though? Well, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. You're right. I, my fault. I did not mean to diminish what is God of War. I have not played it yet. I'm going to play it on my launch PS5 for sure. But I know that it's a huge game. And I know, you know, people have raved because like Brandon said, it was game of the year, I believe. So like, 
I know it's good. I'm sorry, y'all. I haven't played it yet. I'm sorry, Joey. No, it's great. I know it's great. I've only heard great things about it. I literally haven't heard anything negative. So I'm super excited to play that one. And yes, uh, Ragnarok was revealed to be coming for 2021. Actually, Cory Balrog, um, Barlog, excuse me, Cory Barlog, he, um, he had, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he had a Twitter thread a few hours before the PlayStation presentation. And God bless the people who are like detectives on this stuff. But the first letter in each word for the thread, um, when you read it all together, it spelled Ragnarok is coming. So we kind of knew before the PlayStation presentation. I'll send you guys a thread if you haven't seen it. But we knew before the presentation that there was going to be some type of God of War stuff. That's so cool. it was really cool that. to have it like... Oh uh, yeah, I'll send you guys a thread. It was super dope. Uh, but it was really cool to have that um, just that thing coming at the end. It is, although I will say, we kind of knew it was coming, and it's probably uh, far off. We don't know how far twenty twenty it is into twenty twenty one. It could be holiday. Same thing with Final Fantasy. But yes, I I am so sorry. I cannot diminish the importance that is you know God of War. It is a staple PlayStation title at this point. Years on the platform. If y'all haven't so, played the newest yes. God of War play it and you will not be disappointed i promise you like the combat the mature oh it's just such a just the lore oh such a good game love it bro you're hyping this up so much i'm excited to play it now literally you don't understand like the i played the original game uh god of war and i fell asleep playing the second one because it was just really like it was just like the representation of the type of game i didn't like you know like the straight hyper masculine guy just killing everything inside sexualizing women it was just like okay we get it bro like you know solve everything through like a knife or whatever but this game i was like it's just it just takes storytelling to the next level i honestly am so happy with that game that game really again it's a reason why i got my playstation and i did not regret it at all it was the game that made me decide to get a playstation oh i mean i can't i can't argue with that i think that's amazing you know a lot of people have gotten a playstation for last of us now i know they got it for god of war uh you know i bought i bought a system for final fantasy so everybody has their seller but um the great thing is that two of those three actually for a long time the three of those three were all PlayStation exclusive titles. So uh, it's really cool to see those franchises continue and grow and mature and become what they are today. Uh, Brandon, did you have any, any last words on this one? Just uh, just a, just the one thing. Um, it goes back to specifically what you were saying before about how, like, um, place it, if you have the choice between getting a PlayStation 5 and Series X, you're going to get the PlayStation 5. I 100% agree. If anything, I think Microsoft, more than anything better sold the series s than they did the series x in my opinion only because of its if of, of all four potential uh model consoles that you could get for the next gen series s is the cheapest and it's worth it if you like if you, it's worth it if you like um if you really want to get into the game pass for a price that's like not too bad but otherwise i think it's a no-brainer that people are going to get the playstation 5 there's just too many good exclusives out there that I think people are gonna really want to play. So yeah, that's that's my take. I think Series S is really just gonna sell to the people who really do really care about that Game Pass. But people who, but like you said, not everything is on Game Pass. You know, there's some exclusives that just will not leave Sony. And at the end of the day, that's where Sony has their edge, the the exclusives. So, but that being said, I am I am I'm still I, I maintain what I said last uh, podcast. I'm very interested in seeing how this generation turns out. The, the it's going to be the fight between exclusive versus game pass and i want to see how it turns out 
but it's looking really strong for Sony right now. I'll, I'll say that. The best thing is that these competitions between Sony and Xbox are just so good for consumers Absolutely. right now. Consumers, um, I mean, competition is great for consumers, and keep it going by all means. <laughs> yes, I do think that yes. the console war thing has died out a bit. Um, because I, I remember, yeah, definitely. I remember back yeah. then. Ooh, it was like I, I mean, even me, like I was definitely like I am a loyalist, you know, to a to the computer, you know, because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. I was a PC gamer for a, a really long time, and it wasn't even part of the console wars, but I pretended like it was. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I had my Nintendo, and I liked my Nintendo, and I had my PlayStation, and that's one. Once I got my PlayStation, that's pretty much when I gave up on the console wars. Like before, I'm not. I'm not I'm about the PlayStation 4, I'm talking about PlayStation 3, when, uh, what was that game called? There was this indie game that I don't remember. Oh, Journey, that's what it was called. And the soundtrack was just so great, and that's when I kind of gave up on the console. Was I was like, it's stupid, I'm going to get every system, I don't really care. Um, oh, at the t- at the t- Yeah, at the time, like, like, all the systems were super cheap, and I was just in heaven. That's awesome. Yeah, like like you said, console wars are, are, are um, it's, it's, good. it's a good thing that console wars, for the most part, have just had have just died down aside like i'm i'm blessed to say that i only personally know one person that still very much still believes in the console wars and you know i don't really talk to him that much so you know <laughs> <Bam. laughs> like uh, like uh, he, he he's still on the on the fa- on the facebook friend list but i, I just really don't i just want to talk to him more. like he, he he can be well he be, when he listens to this podcast eh, well he, if he, if he feels he has something to hide then you know you know that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say but otherwise, yes, console wars is pretty much that people are pretty much accepting of whatever system you decide to get for whatever games you decide to get, and I think that's nice. I think that is nice. I'm glad that we are gone from the days of. I think they're dumb. Yes, I, I, I'm glad that we are gone from the days of you know Super Nintendo versus Sega Genesis, which one is cooler, or the N64 versus PlayStation One. I'm glad those days are gone. Because uh, I remember them, but I do not miss them. Console Wars are tame as heck now. Bring me back some Sting, man. <laughs> oh, you want like, them back. Like, Xbox... Oh, no. I mean, they make yes, the Let me tell you. Xbox... Yes, that's what I was just going to say. It makes for some good times and some great competition for consumers, which is always great. Xbox had their little um, hit yesterday when they were like, we'll let you know actually when our yeah, orders go live. So the, like, well, yeah. those little meme things are great. Memes and shade between, between them are great. But here's the thing. After every time they do something like that, then you'll see it like maybe another week, and they'll do it like a nice wholesome tweet where they're. Oh no! Just yeah, like, they're all friendly. So, yeah, so that's why I said it's, it's super. So it's like friendly competition, now. and I'm good with friendly competition. I just don't miss the vitriol that it used to be like. I'm glad what we have now. Man, it's great. Friend- I love watching people fight. Go out, go all out. Fight and then make up. up. That's set all up I'm the bar. Saying. Nah, it's, it's fuck it. Fuck everybody up. Right. Kill each other. Right. Let's go. You're, you're, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Expose them. There was. No, no, no. I was joking. Everyone be nice. Uh, but yeah, you know, consumers are really winning out here having uh, brand new consoles that are this powerful for for uh, 500 bucks. You know, I always I assume that based on the specs that were inside, from my knowledge, trying to build PCs that to emulate that would be a little more expensive than $500. So uh, I think these companies are going to be taking hits. But I think Xbox is going to be okay with the Series S and Game Pass. I think Sony being pressured into prices, 
I, I do believe they were pressured into prices. I have no doubt that they were probably going to be a little more expensive. Uh, I think them being pressured by Game Pass by creating the PlayStation Plus collection is great for consumers. I think being able to get such a powerful machine at $400 is crazy, crazy good. That's literally $100 more than the Switch, y'all. For $100 more than what we get in a handheld machine, you would get that type of power and 4K capability. Like, that is wild to me. That's wild. I'll be honest, if these systems were 100 bucks more expensive, I probably wouldn't be getting them because <laughs> they're so expensive. Yeah. Like, so that's the other thing. Yeah. You have to, they have to have, they have to have a, 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 a line, right? Nobody's going past 600 bucks ever. Like that, that just wasn't going to happen. But I cut you off. Keep going. Yeah, What's no, that? I'm just, I, my credit cards are paid. So that's literally, I'm going to be paid. Right? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, my credit cards are paid off. I cannot do this. No, no, no. I like it because it, it builds your credit. You know, it's a good way to build credit. It's just to have. I mean, but you just paid them off. Don't put more back. Oh, on I, I paid them off. Like I think before Rona started. Thank God. Um, and here we and, are. Yeah, here we are with Verona. Thank God. Like I, I've been blessed, <laughs> you know, uh, with like job security and things like that. So I'm happy. I am content. I'm definitely privileged when it comes to uh, like the rest of the world with how what how Verona impacted them. And so I'm yeah. looking at my credit cards. Like y'all haven't had um, food, and so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about to. Time to get I, I, already told, I already told my boyfriend. They're like, oh, I love you so much, and I'm like, do you? PlayStation comes out in November. <laughs> oh wow what i'm here for it i mean usually they're like oh, like you know when he tells me he's like how do i how do i prove to you that i love you you know because they're, they're they're very you know very puerto rican very romantic and i was like build me a house mm-hmm. I, that's usually what i say build me a house <laughs> and now i'm like oh playstation <laughs> well let me go ahead and play this with my boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> like you want to show me that you love me no i actually i actually got uh i i got the playstations i secured them yesterday for me and him because i am the best boyfriend in the world he better be thankful <laughs> i and would like, <laughs> like this was not hard i was up until 4 a.m like brandon knows i was up until 4 a.m i called him Dude, i was up night, at 4 like, I after midnight sleep. Yes, we were talking about it this morning. I, I called him after midnight. I was like, oh my god, I feel so bad. I'm, tr-. But I was trying to call him so he could wake his ass up so he could pre-order from Amazon. And he just like, like, I can't believe how knocked out I was. And then I woke up. And then like, we tried yeah. to get at 4am. Like, it was it was rough. It was it rough. Was a saga. We, we, we made it work. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, I'm, I'm gonna close out because we're over the hour and a half mark. So thank you everyone <laughs> for listening to another HP Critical podcast and um, let us know what you think about the price points and the PlayStation presentation overall and which, which console you want to grab. And I'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone! Bye! See ya!